0: Episode 86 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Off-Topic Podcast. I'm Mike Selozzi, Monsoon on the Boards, and I have two brand new, almost, Retro Encounter panelists with me. First, uh, Keegan Lee.
1: Hello, hello, how's it going?
0: And second, Robert Steinman. I know, a wild Steinman approaches. Right? Well, I'm glad to have you finally on the podcast, Rob, and glad to finally meet you on a podcast, Keegan, because... We're here to discuss one of my favorite sixteen bit RPGs, Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, or Bride of Heaven, if you're translating the kanji. And it is a game I like a whole lot, and I was really happy when um when the fan vote for our Dragon Quest game ended up being Dragon Quest V. I was I was almost positive it was gonna be eight, but ended up being five. And I'm very happy about that. So First, uh, before we get into the, really the meat of the game, uh, starting with you, Rob. Um, now, uh, can you tell me about like how much Dragon Quest you've played before, and is this or is this not your first time playing five?
2: Uh, it is definitely my first time playing five. So. Uh, I, th- I think I'm like most Americans in that my first Dragon Quest experience was Dragon Quest 8 on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I half bought that game for the Final Fantasy XII demo and half bought it because I really wanted to try Dragon Quest. Uh, and Dragon Quest VIII is way better than Final Fantasy XII. Yes, I <laughs> I, I said it and I, I still maintain it. Um, I really fell in love with it and then I didn't play another Dragon Quest game until 9 which I didn't like as much because I didn't have access to a lot of the online features. I was in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina and Mm. couldn't play with anybody. Uh, I've started to go back and replay a lot of Dragon Quest games because I I really do enjoy that kind of... uh, that timelessness of the series. So I I just replayed uh, or just played for the first time Dragon Quest IV uh, last year, and then in preparation for this uh, very show, I started Dragon Quest V and I beat it for the first time. And oh, so, you, uh,
0: so you've already finished?
2: Yes, right, I finished okay. the game. I I it I, I will admit that it maybe got a little bit more love than Persona Five, <laughs> which I think says something about the qual. No, I, I started having decisions to make between playing this or persona five and i would actively pick up dragon quest five before persona
0: cool and oh and uh, for the interest of spoilers uh for the listeners we're going to cut off the discussion discussion roughly at the halfway point the first time mm-hmm. the uh, player visits gotha which is a kingdom around the middle of the game so uh keegan same question to you is this your first time playing dragon quest five and uh what kind of series background do you have on dragon quest in general
1: this is actually my second time playing through um, Dragon Quest V. Same system though, playing it on the DS version. Um, I remember my first Dragon Quest game was 8 also, but, and here's digging way back into my memory. I remember when I was a lot younger, I found this random um, RPG website that would show picture walkthroughs of a whole bunch of different games, and I remember stumbling across Dragon Quest V there, and I would read it like a book every day just going through it just entranced by the story okay then once it finally came to the west i was down for it
0: all right now this is gonna get weird i think i know which website that was was it art was it the old rpg classics website yes yeah all right oh because i uh this is my fourth time playing dragon quest 5 I played it uh, twice on a, um, on a Super Famicom translation, and to find some items, I used that walkthrough on RPG Classics, because it had pictures, and it was pretty well designed. And, yeah, uh, I, and, I, and I played that twice, once to um, marry each uh, of the potential brides. And then when Dragon Quest oh, V... Uh, oh,
2: Mike. Yeah, oh, come <laughs> on.
0: It, was, it, was the, it would have been the early 2000s. It was before I played eight. Which was and and playing five and eight like within a year or two of each other was really what rekindled my interest in Dragon Quest because I I rented the four um, NES games at least one e- once each but the only one I beat was Dragon Quest four and then you know several years passed I'm past I'm much more interested in in you know your Final Fantasies than I am in your Dragon Quests and I uh, I never played seven which came out in two thousand on the PS one. When i'm when I go when I'm just, you know trying to play a bunch of japan only Super Famicom games via illegal means <laughs> Dragon Quest V was one of the ones that popped up so I played it in the early 2000s and then a, a year or so later eight came out and I play that and then I get so fired up about Dragon Quest again I buy the original the first three on Game Boy Color and then beat all of the uh, d s ones as they come out in the United States so yeah, it was. This was one of the games that made me interested in Dragon Quest again, and I really, really like five. Now,
2: and, mm-hmm. five, w- five was originally released for the Super Famicom, right? That was the yes. first one. It was a. Su- <laughs> okay. It was a Super okay.
0: Famicom game in uh, I think ninety two or so, maybe ninety three. I don't. I don't have. And
2: and there's a damn ps2 remake of this game like this thing's on yeah today. i
0: i own the ps2 remake Uh, one of i got it uh from one of my friends i was taking a japan trip and i gave him like a list of games like hey can you get me one of these weird japan only games and he got me the ps2 copy of five i tried playing it on my swap magic ps2 but i didn't get very far i only got to um i I got to the uh, the ghost the ghost manor Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, because because and after that, I just decided. You know what? It's too much effort trying to follow along with the translation. I'm just not going to play this thing.
2: Yeah, Aww. but it's cool. <laughs> it's a...
0: And uh, really, the only thing that I dislike about those older versions of the game is that your party size is only three characters, which makes everything way harder. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you were telling me that I was playing the easy version of Dragon Quest Five, and it, it hurt it, it hurt me a little bit. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, it's only easier because of uh, the quality of life changes that they make for you, and uh, for that, it, I don't ever need to go back to that old translated Super Famicom version. The, this DS version is very, very well made, and has a lot of nifty little extras.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I noticed that Like later in the game when you need to power level some characters that will remain nameless, like the ability to gain experience as long as they're in the wagon made it... Bearable. I, I mm-hmm. was getting like, oh my god, am I gonna have to level? up? That's, that's one of the things in an RPG I can't stand is when your party doesn't level up with you unless you use right. them. Right. Like I hate that crap. Like
0: I think I think it's a little Persona better. Persona Five when, um, doesn't seem to. No, well, Persona Five uh, doesn't do that. But one of the confidants in Persona Five get, gets more experience to the characters that are uh, that are not with the party at that moment. Um mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's the moon confidant, and like the persona four yeah. has has your non your out of party characters gain half experience uh and there's a lot of systems like that, but uh in the dragon Quest games, from four onwards, the ones that are in your wagon will uh gain experience with as with the main team as long as you, the wagon's with you like you can't take the wagon into some dungeons like uh like usually your castles or buildings, your wagon doesn't join you yeah, it's, but for it's but,
2: very but, arbitrary it mm-hmm. feels like. <laughs> yeah. like
0: yeah no it is and uh and it's it's always a little annoying when I don't have the wagon available' it's, even if it's just to have my you know my backups that can just heal my main party uh there to mm-hmm. heal me when necessary and also the um the heal everyone button is very nice to have in this game
1: mm-hmm yes yes it's all very convenient.
0: Mm-hmm. and it still has the, the feels... old uh it still has the old dragon quest menus with just you know the the black multiple layer uh windows popping up. But yeah. it's 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 much more traversable than the old like Nest Dragon Quest games.
2: Yeah, I, you can tell that they put a lot of work into making this portable and like easier to save. I, I remember like uh, the Dragon Quest Seven three DS remake is really snooty sometimes about when you can use the uh, the quick save feature to like power down the system. Right. Th- this game feels a lot better about that. Like, and it's also a little bit faster. You're not going through lots of story beats. Um, I I think as, as we move into discussing this game, what I found kind of amazing about the Dragon Quest series on a whole, and I think fans who maybe haven't played Dragon Quest but have played Chrono Trigger... There's melodrama in these games, but it doesn't linger the way a Final Fantasy game does, where you're waiting through like ten minutes of cutscenes because somebody just died or somebody just got impregnated and mm-hmm. now we need to talk about it for like, you know, ten minutes or Tifa needs to slap fight somebody on top Man. of a giant gun.
0: If anything, I think maybe they could have spent a little bit more time on the pregnancy in this game, because that is a extremely yeah, like... fast pregnancy.
2: <laughs> like, holy crap, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like
0: but, wait, but that's not how pregnancy works? Is... No. No, apparently
2: not. Uh, I I know. I was just uh, apparently uh, human. Women are not cats, where they're pregnant for about three hours and then Mm. give birth. (laughs) Uh but it's like uh, the, the game doesn't linger, so you don't have these moments of like extremely long cutscenes where you could get into some trouble if you were playing this on the go and your battery was running low. Uh, I'm a poet and I don't even know it. Uh, it, it just it, it feels nice and speedy in that regards. And I think uh, we see a lot of that in Chrono Trigger in a game where you had the Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy teams working together
0: yeah there's um there's very little wasted space in the narrative they don't they they don't spend much time bogging you down with story uh and and there's a lot of foreshadowing if you if you you, you know you talk to my every God. nPC in every town but uh, <laughs> w- what
2: i I'm just I'm, my my broken heart as I realized some things about this game like that this was probably an amazing game for you to play again, Mike because there's stuff in, mm-hmm. in the early parts of the game that you really don't think about. Kind of the way a good movie, like I just showed my students Arrival, which had me like a blubbering idiot at the end of that movie again, because of how emotional it gets. But like, when you know all the pieces that are coming, and about the the small little threats that don't seem to connect to anything. This is a really special game. There, there's some really adult-style storytelling in here that's really fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, Hori, the uh, the writer of Chrono Trigger and every Dragon Quest game, is really into big picture storytelling, and usually by the second half, you see, you see pieces that were scattered throughout the game start coming into place, and everything comes full circle beautifully in his games, I find. And... And you you really see that me playing this game, having uh, already knowing uh, how all the story goes, like uh, even um, near our cutoff point where we uh, at the, when um, your wife gives birth to twins, you're you're pacing in the throne room just like the very opening scene of the game. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, and yep. and um, yeah, and and like me knowing what happens to the, uh, like like me knowing what happens regarding certain characters like Bishop Lodge... And uh, and Sancho, and and like and knowing sort of what they go through and hearing their uh, their dialogue at different points, it it, it they always set, he's always setting something up. The writer of this game and it's and I really really like how it all comes together. It's an extremely satisfying arc, and I think part of that is because of just the the main character himself. You really you follow the life of the main character from childhood to adulthood. Uh, through marriage and then through fatherhood and then you uh, finally you know engage upon the quest to, that, that your father was on that you accompanied him with and also to save the world in general it's it's a really mm-hmm. really satisfying arc and the main character of Dragon Quest V is one of my favorite silent protagonists ever
2: mm-hmm it it's amazing that we don't see more of this in video games. Uh, I just started uh, *Raven's Shadow*, uh, uh, a novel trilogy by uh, an- uh, *Anthony Ryan*, and it follows that very like Harry Potter, Star Wars. Like, here's the hero as a child. Here's them gaining power. Here's them dealing with like a big world-ending event. Like, we see so much of this in literature and in video games. Like, I think maybe in an effort to get to the action, we just kind of throw you right in. Like, the the main character is level one. And even though like they, they clearly have battle ability that's going to build up over the course of the game, we're treating them like they're already a badass. Like Cloud gets off and he's called X-Soldier in Final Fantasy VII. We don't really see his growth and development as a character except in flashbacks. And, and flashbacks are certainly very effective. I'm not saying that they aren't. But for Dragon Quest V to tell the entire story about the main character's life, it's just amazing that we don't see more of that in video games I mean, frankly, I wish we did. Like, it's one of my favorite
1: storytelling methods. It feels like a mm-hmm. Greek epic or something like that. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's something to be said for bringing you into the middle of a story. Like, I, I can really get down with those sorts of things, and it it can treat the audience with a level of respect. But I, I think in this way seeing this character over the three stages of their life as a small child where your dad is coming to help you every time you get into trouble. And then when he doesn't come and help and you end up dead, you're like, Oh dad, why didn't you come and save me? Like you, bastard uh but then you move forward into adulthood and then eventually to being a father yourself the fact that you are not actually the hero of legend in this game yeah. is also mm. really really cool that,
0: that is a really interesting choice because in dragon quest games and like frankly in most jrpgs you are the hero of legend and it's made clear very early when you try to pick up the Zenithian sword that oh this time you need to find the hero you're not actually the hero and um, mm-hmm. and the, the little twist surprise on on uh, where the hero's bloodline is is a cool little um, quirk that plays out in the second half of the game, but um, I want to go back to talking about the hero's dad, Ponkraz.
1: Yes, because he's yeah.
0: one of he's he's maybe the best. He's okay. He is the best NPC in this game. He's awesome, and it and I think they really do a great job of communicating how great he is, which makes losing him even more impactful because mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah yeah like you said for when you, when you're traveling through the story for most of the first say quarter of the game he's just wrecking fools left and right he attacks twice around he one hit kills everything he heals you after every battle he takes great care of you and every time you go around into a town and people remember him and recognize him it's just oh man what a great man Ponkraz is you're lucky boy to have such a great man as your father and he's he's awesome and even his mustache is awesome he,
2: <laughs> uh, oh he He's a great character design.
0: Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he's great, and and uh, he's he extre-
2: he he looks like <laughs> he looks like Mr. Satan if he was actually uh, effective.
0: Yeah. Oh like Dragon, my
2: god! Dragon Ball Z effective. Your <laughs> Dragon Ball Z reference for the day. Like yeah, he, he looks like an awesome
0: version of Mr. Satan. Yeah, he's the difference between Hercule and Hercules, really. <laughs> he's uh, um, is great, and then there's this real emotional scene when you're trying to rescue uh, Harry, the bratty prince and uh, you're about to get out of the dungeon, and um, three demons can confront you, and uh, the lead demon holding you hostage forces his t- the other two to beat Pankras until he dies, and Pancras just sits there stoically taking it, and you watch your father die in front of you. And yeah, man, that was, that it messes option. you up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think it, w- it was really good. I think one of the things that really
1: helps it too is that you see it, in an actual battle, you know, it's not like a cutscene or anything like that. You witness the entire time as you slowly see Pancras' health drop down. I and feel like that's all, and He has a lot better. of health. <laughs> oh my god! It took me like five minutes for that one battle.
0: You just sit there watch your father slowly get his ass kicked and die. It's uh, it's effective, <laughs> especially since like he's I, been, I, especially since he was like su- this superhuman, awesome character for the uh, entire game before then. Mm-hmm. And I always like how
2: uh, RPGs can kind of play with uh, power dynamics quite a bit. So Fantasy uh, Star 4, when you first get Rune he just annihilates everything. Like, nothing can stand up to him. He can basically one-shot anything. And he's only in your party for a brief amount of time, but that allows you to see where you're eventually going to get. You're like, okay, eventually my party is all going to be like Rune, and they're all going to be like super powerful badasses. And so that's how I felt with the start of Dragon Quest V. And in the Dragon Quest games, like one level up can make you like super powerful in these games. So Mm -hmm. to kind of see where you're eventually going... Yes, and and to see where you're eventually going to get to as a party member through the eyes of through the eyes of a child watching their father just wreck house. That's a really really good way of incentivizing the player for what's going to eventually come up next.
0: I absolutely agree. It it goes from but and just the the hero worship of Pancraz to watching him fall is a sort of a vision of the future of how strong you can be because I think he's level in the level 25 to 30 range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and also just is a real devastating moment watching him die. And then af- immediately after that, you you and the prince and uh, Prince Harry are sold into slavery, which is a dark moment. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's like a real missing 10 years pass. Yeah, I, I just expected
2: the wheel from Conan to be there and just like having <laughs> the main character just like spinning it and his calves are just getting like huge every year. <laughs>
0: And remarkably uh, just... he's he's wearing the same he's wearing the same clothes but it doesn't really uh, the size doesn't really matter. No, I he's guess. got
2: his nice little turban hat mm-hmm. which I love.
0: The tunic and the turban is an unusual look that you don't really see in other Dragon Quest games. I don't I don't know, it's it's very distinctive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he also beats things with a staff, which is mm-hmm. awesome. You left out something though, my friend. Oh, I did? While we were talking about the early life, we, we were we were missing the best part about Dragon Quest V, which is you get a kitty
1: Okay, any time in a video Mm -hmm.
2: game you get a kitty cat like, yeah, I have a serious problem now because I I already own four cats. And at some point, you know, they're going to (laughs) die. I know at some point they're going to die and I'm going to have to get new cats. I have to have a tiger striped cat named Jonesy. (laughs) All right. Because I love the movie Alien. And now I have to have
0: some kind of tiger striped cat that I call Saber because Saber in this game is awesome. And okay, this is a weird aside, but one of my friends does have a striped cat named Saber, but it's a uh, it's named nice. after, it's named after a Fate Stay Night character. And uh, as soon as they got that cat uh, several years ago, and I, and I already played Dragon Quest V on the DS by then, it was like, dude, I'm gonna think of your cat as the cat from Dragon Quest V every time. And uh, but yeah, and
2: the th- cat, the cat. Th- he doesn't listen to you at the start of the game because he doesn't have a high enough intelligence.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, they, I mean, we were—I guess—we're beating around the bush a little bit. There's a lot of monsters that join your party in Dragon Quest V in general, but the only one that has a real story role is your pet saber cat named Saber, and um, and monsters in this game—they'll—if uh, their intelligence stat is low, they may not obey all of your orders in combat. But it's. Uh, Saber is pretty special because um, you and your childhood friend Bianca save him from some asshole torment, tormentor kids. And then he starts following you around like a good cat, and you find him again as an adult, even though he is, he had gone wild over ten years. And if you give him the, Bianca, the ribbon that Bianca tied onto him, then he joins your party permanently, and he's awesome. You get a pet tiger, like in hour six or seven.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah he hits like a dump truck like he is just <laughs> he can't do a whole lot except just hit and like do that whole focus your uh your energy thing to get to get mm-hmm. a stronger attack on the next round but man does he hit hard
0: yeah and a lot of monsters in this game their levels cap off at unusual places like uh yeah um like some monsters will only they'll stop gaining levels after level 20 and uh, and then stop being useful as you know your other as your other characters uh you know, outstrip them in levels but Sabre levels up all the way to 99 so he stays good and keeps getting stronger throughout the game which is very nice and because there's, there's only really mm. a handful of monsters that are worth a low stat cap like uh, King cure slimes are one of the few that are and golems are only cap off at like 40 or something but their ha- stats are so high at 40 they're still good at the end of the game but with Sabre you don't mm. have to worry about that because he keeps getting faster and stronger and is just is a really solid monster the whole game.
2: Yeah, it seems like there's an investment on him. Like he he's maybe a little weak at the start of the game. When you get him back as an adult, and I ended up not using him for a long time. And then as my uh, I had a fungus. What was it? what are like the fungusy mushroom guys? I had that uh, a killer apple and saber. And eventually, Saber started to like outstrip the other ones. Um, little criticism on this game because you can outfit all of your monsters with equipment. Mm-hmm. I really wish you kind of knew what equipment they could actually use yeah. instead of like having to highlight. Like, can they use this shield? Can they use this whip? Like, why is it that the Apple can't use a whip? I guess he doesn't have arms. Yeah, that makes it's, sense it's, to it's, me. But like,
0: the fastest way to bizarre. do it is um, in, in shops. It's easy because it'll it'll uh, it'll show yeah. when you highlight an item. It'll show which uh, which party members can equip it. But the easiest way to do is to is to, you know, try to transfer an item to someone and you can just sort mm-hmm. really of go through your whole party and see if they can equip it or not. But it gets weird. Like it's like slimes can equip boomerangs and staves and only like weird slime armors like like uh, like gooniforms and tortoise shells. And a lot of uh, a lot of monsters like saber and and dragons can equip fangs and claws but no shields and only and only very specific helmets. It's a little annoying. I wish that the armor was a little bit more universal in this game. I agree. Yeah,
2: I agree. and the armor's super important because you can have, like, eventually my monsters started going down in one hit, and that's why I was like, okay, I need to go start getting some better equipment. Like, I think Dragon Quest Five, Dragon Quest V could either be really, really hard if you're unlucky and you don't get, like, good monster recruitment, or it can be pretty easy. And I, I had an easy time with it the whole way until about the... Two thirds of the way through, and then I kind of had to switch over to the 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 human party members. I'll leave it at that
0: right and um you have precious few human party members until that two thirds mm-hmm. mark you you always yeah. have the main character and uh you you'll have your wife at a uh, for you know maybe uh, less than half of the game really but mm-hmm. uh, but, but there but um your wife is a consistent presence for a while. But most of your party is going to be filled out by these monsters, and recruiting them can be a pain in the rear. Because we talked a little bit about this off-air. But to recruit a monster, you have, you have to reach a certain point in the story where you can buy a wagon, which is uh, right very soon after the uh, you, you escape slavery. and then. Or you
2: forget to buy the wagon, and you kind <laughs> oh, of get no. there for <laughs> like an hour or two. Oh, God. I I will admit with these older (laughs) games I've started using a a fac in the background just to make sure I don't miss anything critical because like with limited amount of time and like I'm playing these games, you know, for sight, I'm gonna have a fact in the background and at one point I'm like, wait, they're talking about monster recruitment. What the hell am I oh I didn't buy the wagon. Okay, well let's go back to this town and I'm an idiot. All right.
0: In five they do a pretty good job of communicating to to you if you go to the bar in every town and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Because yes. uh, re- remarkably, that's where you find most, uh, most of the information. Because there's, there's a lot of places in the game that were, you're sort of dumped out there with no direction where to go. Like right after you get married, you have, um, you have this vague idea of, finding, where, of uh, finding your homeland but not really, and finding more pieces of the anethian armor, but not really an idea of where to do any of that. But the way to do it is to go to the most recent town and, ta- and go to the bar and talk to people because I I didn't remember, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember where I was supposed to go right after I was getting married, and what you had to do was go to the desert area to talk to the lady that was guarding the Zenithian Helm, but I, and, I, and I had forgotten that. So, but yeah, it's right there. You learn all about the Zenithian Helm in one of the taverns, so that, that's helpful. But ba- back to monster recruitment. you got to get that wagon first, then you have to fight monsters, and you have a chance of recruiting the last monster you defeated in that group If they're a recruitable monster, which is true for more than half of them, and then there's a percentage chance that they want to join you, and that percentage chance can range from 25%, which it is for some easy things like Slimes and Drackeys and Slime Knights, or all the way down to, uh, I guess, 1 16th of 1%, (laughs) (laughs) which is very low. (laughs) And uh so if if you wanna grind for specific monsters, you can get very frustrated very quickly. And so I for the most part, I just immediately got a slime knight because I know they're easy and they're good for the whole game. And then I tried to get a heal slime for about an hour before finally recruiting one. I think their recruit chance is one out of thirty two. And I'm not gonna try and specifically seek out a monster until I can pick up a golem because you can really lose your mind trying to recruit the harder monsters in this game. And it's it's mostly not worth it because you don't need to do a large amount of grinding. And uh, it's just frustrating, you know, killing, say, uh, great dragons over and over and over and not having them not want to join you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I didn't grind too much in this game. I actually, like, I kind of just went with the flow. And at one point I got a golem. Fairly easily, and I, I know you were yelling at me. You were like, "Oh man, you got a golem! Oh, you bastard!"
0: Like, no, uh, go- but golems uh, aren't it, that. Golems are one eighth or one oh, I thought they were They're not that. No, no oh, no. I thought they were really bad. No, no, okay. no, must no, have no. Been They're, something else yeah, uh, it might have been a, a cure slime or a king cure slime, or a, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like but that. it was a. But the, golems are pretty easy to get and super useful.
2: Yeah, and I just just kind of went with the flow. Like, if I got the monster, great. If not, no big deal. I really didn't worry too much about that. And I I think that's kind of nice here. It it takes a little bit of the pressure off with, like, the Shin Megami Tensei games of, like, nope, you need this monster at this specific moment, or else this (laughs) boss will murder your face and, like... and, and. bask in your entrails like there's nothing like that in this game like there's no. multiple ways to get through problems and also having a having the whole wagon system means that you constantly have a source of healing i've always found with the uh with the dragon quest games like some long boss fights actually become more of a resource management game like especially the final boss of dragon quest 4
0: like yeah, if it's you, a bit of a battle of attrition mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like if you use all your healing items, like you could get to the end of the battle and it's like, well, you're screwed now, buddy. Like, so having that ability to heal uh, constantly in my party if I had a wagon, that made it really nice when it came to exploration and not having to worry about going back to town, even though I think the Dragon Quest games do a very nice job of handling that sort of mechanic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, You can basically just get the monsters you want or go with the flow and use the different monsters you pick up. As long as you have some healing to last you through the longer dungeons and long fights then you can basically roll how you want in this game and i'm 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 uh i'm debating how much monster recruiting i'm gonna to have to do in the second half i haven't beaten the game yet for this run so because i really like having a killing machine and a great dragon in my party but those are both one out of 128 and that's really really annoying to grind for so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that i, I don't know not if doing i'm gonna that. do that or not I, pro- I probably won't but we'll see how much time i have on my hands uh later this week when I play it but yeah it's um, your party is always interesting in this game there's there's more human characters in the second half and you I think you can have a party of, uh, of eight humans if you uh, get if you get a little weird re- recruiting people here and there but for the most of the game it's gonna be humans and monsters and it's a pretty diverse set you can get I, I spent uh, most of the game with uh, a slime knight uh, my, my cat saber and a brownie on my team.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
0: And those little guys can only equip hammers and axes, but just attack every turn and deal a lot of damage.
2: So that's yeah. Cool. I had a, ki- I had a killer apple, a uh, fungus, and a night slime or slime knight. And the slime knight was pretty good. He he was lasting me through the vast majority of the game, and then eventually I kind of switched over because I needed party members that had a little bit more oomph. Literally, because that ability just kind of breaks all the Dragon <laughs> Quest games. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like the name Oomph more than Bi-Kill. Some of the Dragon Quest spell names got a little weird back in the day. Yeah,
2: Umph, is always weird too because it only—I uh, believe it only works on the first attack. So if like you have an attack, yes. if you have like a multi-hit attack, it's not nearly as powerful. So I, I think I started Umphing Yangus like crazy in Dragon Quest Eight, and it was like ah, uh, twelve hundred damage. Like <laughs> okay, like and it's
0: a little less, right. it's a little less useful in Dragon Quest Seven because the strongest attack in the game isn't affected by Oomph. The, uh, yeah, yeah, but the... Dragon Quest Seven could get
2: ridiculous with that mm-hmm. stuff.
0: But with but with eight, um, I mean, you know, high tension cast oomph, then a single hit attack like parallax, you'll do a lot of damage. You...
2: Yeah. But I like it when a game lets me break it like that. I think mm-hmm. that's why we all love Final Fantasy Tactics so much. Like, oh, yeah, let, let me break your game. Like, I am totally okay with that. I, I don't think every game needs to be super hard or super challenging. Let me break and some your of the bosses in Dragon... Math. Yes, and, and some of the bosses in Dragon Quest Five, like, they did have me on edge. Like, t- toward the end of this game, they are that war of attrition.
0: Like, man, is this guy gonna die? Like, Jesus! <laughs> i hitting him with everything I got here. And right, and, well, I, I guess, hand-in-hand uh, hand with that, do you think that the game is a little too retro-feeling? I mean, it's the name of this podcast, so of course we enjoy <laughs> at least part of the retro part of it, but, I mean, almost every Dragon Quest game has sort of the same... Flavor of combat with this—it's—it's uh, it's turn-based. A lot of this, a lot of this, you learn the same spells every game. You even find a lot of the same items every game. You find the water flying clothes slash flowing dress around the middle of the game in every Dragon Quest game from two through eleven. So, it's—do <laughs> you think that get, feels a little stale, or it does, is it almost like comfort food, just like satisfying, going knowing that it's going to be like that every time?
1: I feel comfortable. by it.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> go ahead, Keegan. I was gonna let Sorry. you go first. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um,
1: I do feel comforted by by it. I feel when it comes to retro, uh, Dragon Quest V for me is right on the edge of still being comfortable enough to play it, but still getting that old timey feel. Like um, earlier this year, I personally completed Dragon Quest IV, and that one's starting to show its age a little bit, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Some of yeah, I
1: agree with that. Just some of the aspects of the game feel a little too, meh, especially if you're playing the NES version.
0: Yeah, like, he's
1: <laughs> Get Kirill thwacking every other turn.
0: Yeah, oh, God. It, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Kirill is goes from being, like, the worst character in the NES version to the best in the DS exactly. version. Just because you can control him. But just navigating through NES RPG menus is something I never want to do <laughs> ever again.
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I think... It's also a little tough because I'm doing this a little differently, in that I'm playing a lot of Dragon Quest games in a short amount of time. There's usually like years in between Dragon Quest games. So you're you're talking about like if you played Dragon Quest Eight, and Mike, you and I were talking about this the other day. If you played Dragon Quest Eight back in two thousand five. The next traditional Dragon Quest game, because Nine was kind of a more online sort of experience. Yeah. We never got Dragon Quest Ten, which was an MMO. Uh-huh. Y- you're talking about a lot of time between that and Dragon Quest Eleven when we get it, you know, in 2020 or whatever the yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, like, it's going to be
0: at least at least 12 <laughs> years, which is a lot of years. And, yeah. Um, I was I was blessed to be you know a Dragon Quest fan with a DS and buying basically four in a row. I think it was like four and five years. When the uh, when yeah. four through six and nine came out on the DS, so I was playing. Uh, I I want to say in the, from like the tw- 2007 to 2011 range, I had a new Dragon Quest game almost every year, and that was really great. And uh, w- but when seven came out at the end of last year, it had been five years since I had played a Dragon Quest game, and I was so mm-hmm. I was Dragon Quest thirsty. I finished that thing in like ten days or something stupid. Yeah, Jeez. you <laughs> went a little
2: ridiculous with mm-hmm. that. Like right, it, like it was he more, tells it me like yeah, i finished. It was like,
0: it was like two weeks. But the, uh, <laughs> it took me like three months to beat that damn game. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, uh, but I mean, now it seems to be into the, uh, it seems like that we're getting most of the ones coming out now. And uh, because we've gotten both of the Dragon Quest Heroes Musou games the past, uh, I think, like two years ago and this year for one and two. Yep. And I think we have an excellent chance of 11 coming out in the West, even though it hasn't been confirmed yet.
1: Ugh, my fingers are crossed I, and waiting. I, I,
0: I think
2: that with Dragon Quest if you had a couple of years between each game and this is kind of why I'm taking a break after five until I play <laughs> six like I don't I don't want to play six until like maybe next fall at the earliest I want to leave a little bit of time but I do like that sense of progression I but for me what it comes down to is the stories are always different so like Dragon Quest right. 5 is very different than Dragon Quest 7 is very different than Dragon Quest 8 so yes you're gaining all the same abilities which I I find comforting I love we now have like a whole vocabulary with shin megami tensei mm-hmm. of like i know what all these spells are and i don't have well okay maybe i have to look up which one gives me higher accuracy versus increases my hit evasion because no one can remember that off the top of their head but like having that as sort of a baseline for the experience is really good and then the storytelling or the the little systems like the monster recruiting can make it more special i also think dragon quest does rpg dungeons better than a lot of other series because there's no bs like they're just fun there was, dungeons to, there were some to bs explore. in the
0: in the, NES, in the nes ones like don't get me started yes. don't yeah. get me started on the road to Rone and dragon quest 2 please don't but but but, 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 but in, they, in, in in four and five they are pretty brisk they're they're reasonably sized and reasonably paced dungeons i agree
2: yeah, and, and, and I love that sense of exploration. I love the fact that you always, like, if you go off the beaten path and find this treasure chest, it's almost always worth it. And I, I think that the Dragon Quest games, far and above the Final Fantasy games, have way more interesting dungeons, not because they're intricate, but because they seem to reward exploration the entire time. And you guys know me. I, I'm an exploration whore. Like, if you <laughs> give me exploration in a video game where it's like, yo, man, you're going to find a helmet over there with plus five to your defense, I will go over there and I will get that damn helmet. Like, I will do it. So I I think Dragon Quest does a really good job about that. And that also directly fuels the economy of the Dragon Quest games where, like, I was bewildered by my first DQ game because, like, I never had enough money. And I realized, oh, I should actually be, like, selling stuff. And so even though you pick up, like, a scale shield and you have completely outleveled that piece of trash – it's still important for you to sell it so you can afford the next item like the the power jumps in these games by getting a new piece of equipment are huge and they will they'll also radically change your party if all of a sudden you have a weapon that's now hitting every enemy that now makes grinding way faster so now you've got a a higher rate of gaining levels and i think dragon quest does that very very well
0: right and you you even mentioned earlier uh that Gaining a single level can be a major power spike because the way that they calculate damage and and everything mm-hmm. in battles, every point matters. So just a, a piece of armor increasing your defense by ten or a level up increasing your strength by five is a noticeable difference. And um, explore and sort of becoming stronger and exploring and finding new things in uh, Dragon Quest Five in particular, but most Dragon Quest games in general, really is satisfied, satisfying and rewarding, in a way that um isn't always communicated as well in our in other rpgs like in i don't know in a uh, in a disgaea game you're gaining levels so often and finding new crap so often that it loses its meaning a little bit but in dragon quest where it's more deliberately paced uh every level feels significant and every new item feels significant and that's it's awesome and and you you articulated that much better than i did rob but uh in general, oh i do i do what i can <laughs> in general i agree so yeah now i i guess uh, moving on a little bit the subtitle of this game is Hand of the Heavenly Bride and I've mentioned a couple times your wife your bride the brides in this game uh, around the I would say one third mark or maybe 40% mark um, you get an opportunity to choose a woman to marry and your choice in this game a is choice of uh, a choice of three a it choice was,
2: of three yeah, yeah in the DS version yeah, yeah, yeah two
0: yeah, yeah. two in the in the, uh, in the Super Famicom version and PS2 versions and they added a third in the DS version and so you have the blonde Bianca, who's your childhood friend, the blue haired Flora or Nera, who is uh, who's a the a very nice, uh wealthy girl that lives in the town where uh where you get married, and uh Nera's older sister Deborah, who is kind of a uh I don't know, kind of a less um agreeable than the other two, but uh She's maybe... a, she's <laughs> Chi Chi. Yeah, maybe... She's Chi Let's just <laughs> yeah. come right out come right out and say it. She's yeah. cheechi. Sure. <laughs> Chi-Chi, but with, uh, but with black hair and that's kind of messy. So, alright, um, just direct question, who did you guys marry? Starting with Keegan.
1: Um, this time around, I actually ended up going with Bianca, okay. but before this, I was a solid Deborah supporter, and I thought of doing it again, but I wanted to get a little bit of a change. I know people are kind of, you know, against Deborah for the way she acts, but I feel in the long run... Her story is amazing to see how she changes wasn't, just through going uh, out this adventure.
0: Wasn't Deborah a, a, a Dragon Ball villain? Yeah, D- Deborah is the king of the underworld yeah. in Dragon Ball Z. I, I he's, but, but he's corrupted my ma- by Majin Buu. Yeah. <laughs> my, mother, my mother's name is Deborah, and then she spells it that way too.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah, I'm going so say to say it's it. Deborah. <laughs> I think it's just Deborah. <laughs> Although, now we got like some awesome fanfic better, here. Just, like, uh, yeah. This could be really awesome. Maybe they should, maybe they should have it. just replaced the Deborah in this game with the King of the Underworld, Deborah, from, from the Majin Buu saga. <laughs> that,
2: that could work. I mean, it is 2017. I think this could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with I went with Bianca just because I'm a romantic at heart, and I, I felt bad with Flora being like, no, I have my own love, I want to marry. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of married Deborah in real life, so
0: I'm not really sure <laughs> if I want to explain <laughs> that while playing a video game. No, I, I have met um, Jackie, and I am not commenting on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like um i i guess my question is because a, a, as you after the marriage you go on like you're an adventure and we already hinted at like the fastest pregnancy ever in a video game yeah geez. Uh, ever in any yeah ever in any form of entertainment ever does uh do deborah and flora also have like the fainting spells as you're like yes. on your way to your to your homeland mm-hmm. okay because th- those order, are moments order, of like the, wait
0: the order of events is the same no matter who you marry but the, but the dialogue okay. is a little different.
2: I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, why can't she, like, make it up this mountain? Like, I was a complete tool and not realizing what they were going for. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm and, so embarrassed And, right and, and yeah, and the,
0: and the first fainting spell is perhaps 20 real minutes after your wedding night. So, I, I don't know. I like get it. Is. <laughs> just like real life. I, I guess they're assuming that you spent... Seven months on that casino ship, or something, or that just traversing the o- the ocean takes months, just like you know, just like the seventeen hundreds or something. But yeah, I mean, uh, that was what my hunt was. So, I mean, I understand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're, oh, they're, oh, they're, oh so, when, so when we
0: woke up on the on the casino ship, seven months had passed. I get it. <laughs> but there's a real childlike innocence to this
2: uh, to this whole thing, which is really, really cute. Like it's got that Disney quality, or like old folk tales of you know they got married and then they had a kid and there's just something really heartwarming about that like I, I'm I'm all for like gritty realism and like I love my grim dark books but like I don't know there was something really cute about the way Dragon Quest handled it and I, I, I don't know it, it warmed my cold dead heart a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah it, it is cute. it's a very I mean the Dragon Quest games are very sort of fairy ish in their uh, in their tone a lot of the time and it, i would say it's consistent here cuz you 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 know you marry your uh childhood sweetheart if you marry bianca or and um and it, it very rapidly you have a you you know you're you're settled in your kingdom with your wife and your children and it's very happy before the plot picks up again but it's it's a very sort of innocent sweet look at um at a relationship in a video game that i that i i find refreshing i think it's i think that the "Quote unquote marriage system in Dragon Quest V, is uh, is inoffensive and fun, and, mm-hmm. and 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 it also influences the hair color of your children, which is the most important part of all, of course.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Sure. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen your children married to anybody uh, but Bianca, so I, I don't <laughs> know what that would look like. Uh, I, I I don't want to see it because my my <laughs> kids are my kids, damn it. Like, it's I mean, I feel... oh, and, also,
0: and and the three brides do have differences in stats, like uh. Oh yeah. Um, Bianca has more average stats, but the highest HP and MP. Flora uh, Nera has the best magic spells, and Deborah has the highest physical stats and can equip a couple weapons that the other two can't equip. So, that, but, the, but yeah, that... there's like
2: one super weapon that she gets access to that I was a little I was a little pissed about that. It's like a <laughs> it's a weapon that lets her attack twice, isn't it? And I, yeah, it's I'm the, going, goddamn.
0: Uh, I think it's the killer uh the it's it's like the killer eel earrings or the Achillex or something I I forget it's, it's the it. uh yeah. Achilles, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like the earring item that you can give to Elena in Dragon Quest 4. It's a just it's a low low boost but you attack twice.
2: Yeah, I would really have liked that damn it. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I wasn't trying to min-max my wife, okay? No, no, no. I I I'm not, I not I wasn't, wasn't trying to do that.
0: And I um I mean, I, I haven't mentioned who I married this time yet. I married Bianca, and I decided mostly to make it for story reasons because they really sell you hard on Bianca in this game. Which yeah, I they do. They I, are, I, are, yes. I think both of you alluded to it, but um, she's your childhood friend. She's clearly in love with you when you reconnect again as adults. Her father is, like, dying in his sickbed and asks you to take care of her. And uh, Nera and has a guy in her hometown who's infatuated with her already. So it's yeah. they, they really try to steer you in a Bianca direction, which is fine because Bianca's—I mean, Bianca's great—but it's <laughs> it, it makes it, you know creates less of an illusion of choice. I, mm-hmm. think. I think it's
1: mm-hmm. important to mention that right before the entire wedding ceremony starts, that you have to do the two dungeons to get mm-hmm. the rings. Right, and for the second one, Bianca will always accompany you no matter what. And if you're a big party chat user like I am, oh my god. Just the entire time. Oh, remember how this feels like our ghost adventure? Yeah. Remember the ghosts? I miss your dad. Yeah.
2: You're going to get married? Please marry me. <laughs> she's, well, she's doing a hard sell. Like, oh, she God. really is. I'm really uh, – I'm glad you brought up the party talk, Keegan, because I feel like an idiot. I did not use a lot of party talk until toward the end of the game. Oh, no. I just didn't. One,
0: one thing I know. One I'm thing really maddening. mad at myself about that. One thing that's just infuriating about these DS releases is that the party chat stuff is great. And um, and if you you know hit B often whenever you go to a new place in uh, Dragon Quest V, you you know it adds a little bit of flavor. To f- your human uh, characters will say mm-hmm. something new every time, but the monsters will just say the same. You know, like Pokemon esque. <laughs> like, yeah, the Same so, thing every time. Like okay. Yeah, <laughs> but in Dragon Quest Four DS, which has a really vibrant cast of characters, they didn't translate the party chat in the American version.
2: Yeah, it's weird. So they yeah. uh, so they
0: basically cut it out, which is and really annoying. But in, in, in five it's great and in six it's really good too.
2: Yeah, I'm really mad at myself. I'm, and maybe I replay this at some point in my life and I start doing the party chat thing again. Um, it was also weird because I I played very little. I couldn't get the whole way through it, but uh, I, f- I feel like I'm bringing up Fantasy Star all the time, but what the hell. <laughs> Fantasy Star 3 played around with this idea, uh, Generations of Doom, it played around with the idea of like who you marry and that kind of influences your kids. And so I, I would, again, like to see more of this in... RPGs because I think it's a really really cool idea of raising the stakes. It gives you a much different perspective on characters. Watching characters actually grow up is really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe this is me just getting like older and married and like having conversations <laughs> with my wife about whether or not we're going to have kids. Like. You know, I'm I'm sitting there like, do I want to do this? And that's that's kind of an impactful choice. And we, we've we seen the daddening of video games quite a bit recently with, like, uh, The Last of Us and uh, with the new God of War. Like, I, I think as these game developers are getting older, they're starting to ask these kind of questions. And Hori was, like, 20 years ahead of them with this game yeah. of, like... You know what does it mean to be a father what does it mean to to have like characters that look up to you because eventually your your children kind of surpass you in this game and that's a really cool moment in dragon quest 5 i think that's what sets it aside as you know maybe not my favorite dragon quest 8 is still uh, Yangus is I mean, so uh, goddamn awesome f-
0: five and eight my, <laughs> five and eight are my two favorites and uh yeah, and, and, and the sets it apart. The marriage and children aspect of 5 is a really satisfying part of the character arc of the hero in this game. And, I don't know, I mean, uh, uh, other, you know, like games about dads and children are from around that time. Maybe Fire Emblem Seisen no Kefu, where you, uh, you know, the first half of the game you play as adults, and then in the second half of the game you play as their children if you paired up the adults together. But that's a lot. That's more matchmaking than actually experiencing adult like parenthood, and uh, it's it's really satisfyingly done in five. I agree, especially since especially since for the first part of the game you see your your super dad taking care of you, and then for the uh, for the like the last half of the game you're now you're the dad taking care of your kids, and you watch your and, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess minor spoiler your your two children twin a twin bo- uh, twins a boy and a girl are. Become your party members in the latter part of the game. We'll talk about that more in the second episode. And that your your two kid characters are great, and they get they get very strong. And watching them become strong, like you mentioned, Rob, is satisfying.
2: Mm-hmm. We we did leave out one party member that I, I feel really bad about, and we need to go back and revisit real quick. I really like what they do with Prince Harry, like oh, just right. being a total oh, yes. a total dick when you first meet him, and then you, like He's you mentioned rat. before, Mike. Yeah, they end up imprisoning both Harry and you... And Harry does like a complete 180 character turn of like actually becoming very kind and very regretful for how he behaved. And yes, it's a very quick character turn. They don't spend a lot of melodrama time. Like, there's no there's no like coin flip scene right here to like illustrate how important <laughs> this character is. Uh, but like, it's it's a really really cool moment where they subvert the fact that you think this guy's just going to be a dick. He's just going to be that that role character of like constantly making your life a pain in the ass. And no, he's actually like your friend, and you develop a friendship with him. He goes back, and he's kind to his half brother. That was again one of these like heartwarming moments of like, oh, you kind of subverted my expectations a yeah, little and, bit. And I he, really like that.
0: And he marries the uh, the nun that that helped that helped you escape. And um, mm-hmm. and then uh, him and his wife are guests at your wedding right around the mm-hmm. the forty yes! percent mark. That's so, so was, cute. Yeah, it was so it just even having a wedding ceremony with your best friend coming to see you again was a really sweet moment. <laughs>
2: Yeah, my, uh, one of my best friends from my childhood, Nathan, uh, him and his uh, bri- bride-to-be at the time, see, they showed up to our wedding, and I hadn't seen Nathan in like five years. And that was a really, really cool moment, and I was instantly having flashbacks to that with Dragon Quest V, because <laughs> as you get older, like you kind of grow apart from people. You move all over the country, you go down different paths of your life, and then at these very special moments, it kind of feels like a reunion, and I, I think Dragon Quest V really nails that
0: oh what did you guys name your kids <laughs> I curiosity. went with the default
2: names I, I went with the default uh, names I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to name them anything that like had too much emotional investment so I just <laughs> I went with the defaults
1: same here but I kind of like the connection of um, the children's names with the main characters parents names you know Perry and Pancras, mm-hmm. uh, Mad Chan and Mada yeah. like, nice yep.
0: little connection I went with a different kind of connection. Since Bianca's Italian for white, I named the daughter Rosa, which is Italian for pink. And Ooh. because, and, oh, because the, and because the main character's the hero, I named uh, the son Roto, who's the name of the hero, <laughs> of the legendary hero in Dragon Quest 1 through 3. So yeah, Roto, well are, done. Roto nice, and Rosa I like are my two kids. I was did also, did I was anybody else have trouble...
2: <laughs> Like at, at the big reveal when your when your wife is kidnapped uh, mm-hmm. after giving birth. Anybody else have a really hard time finding the kids? Like I
0: was like wandering all over the goddamn castle. You just have to walk next to the bed, and then the then the matron's <laughs> like, "Oh, I hid the kids into the bed." It's like, okay, I'm, I'm relieved you did that, but <laughs> it took a little too long like, for announce me to notice yourself, this. Goddamn, you could have said like, something. Like,
2: <laughs> I'm like wandering around for 15 minutes, like where the hell are my kids got. Like I'm gonna be a terrible dad one day. Like I'm gonna be
0: terrible Like totally lost my two twins. Like I don't know. They're fine. They were under the know, bed. Good. I have four cats. They'll they'll take care of them.
2: Yeah, they'll they'll find them. Like everything will be cool. Uh, but yeah, it, that's kind of the the big like moment in dragon quest five where they they really raise the stakes when you're when your wife is kidnapped and, and like i
0: was like i am no i'm gonna go save her right now <laughs> like and and also um a big callback moment is uh laja the guy that like basically you watched kill your dad is the same guy that kidnapped your wife and turns you and your wife to stone
2: <laughs> yep which is you you end the game stoned which is always mm-hmm. a good sign for a dragon quest game <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's uh but I mean th- that recurring villain is going to be very very it's going to be very satisfying to kill him later, but that's that's a mm. uh, we're we're not far enough to talk about that yet. So, yep,
2: that's that's kind of where we stop is mm-hmm. uh you're you're frozen in stone and they do this really like you know, ultra depressing, like wipe of like watching the years pass by as mm-hmm. you are just stone in this like. You're basically placed as as a lawn gnome outside of this mansion, and you just watch like this mansion family fall apart, and you're just like, "Wow, this is kind of depressing." <laughs> like being turned to stone would really suck.
1: You know, it's funny that all these bad things happen to the main character. If you look at his stats at the very beginning, his luck is absolute garbage. And I think the stat growth (laughs) on it is horrible as well. I I really appreciate that little integrating. (laughs) That's that's a
0: nod that I have never noticed in four playthroughs of this game.
1: Oh yeah, you ever do it again.
0: (laughs) Just a rotten luck. luck.
2: One. And it does not get much higher unless you use seeds. I would say losing your dad at that long, young of an age means that you have a luck of one. Uh, I was really depressed that when you finally are unfrozen from your stone state, uh, Simon Phoenix has not also been unfrozen, and you oh, can reenact man. all. Man, think of how good that would be. There'd be a Taco
0: Bell in to... every single village.
2: <laughs> the hunka chunka, the the horizontal mambo.
0: Like I, I, I guess they'd have St- all our... they'd have Sting do the music instead of uh, instead of Sugim- uh, Sugiyama. <laughs> Which is, which could be pretty Every, cool.
2: Everybody needs to go watch Demolition Man. That is one of it might be the best Sylvester Stallone movie ever. I promise you need to go see it. And Sandra Bullock is phenomenal in that yeah, movie. And she's,
0: Sandra Bullock's super young in that movie. That was one of her first roles. It was it was before Speed, I think, right? Yep, she's uh, he's really matched his meat. <laughs> God, that I think Demo- Demolition that Man is, is man. completely wild, and it's also probably the the best. Uh, uh, uh shoot, um who's Simon Phoenix's actor?
2: Uh uh, Schwarzenegger? You uh Wesley Snipes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No,
0: it's it's an amazing Wesley Snipes performance. Yeah,
2: Simon says bleed. <laughs> sorry, we got we got completely off track here, but I do uh, I, I I you know, I mean I, all I'm thinking about now is the three seashells. I'm sorry. Like that's all right. that's all I'm
0: focused on. Right and uh, one of my favorite podcasts, completely unrelated to video games, uh, How Did This Get Made has an awesome Demolition Man episode. So if you already if you already like Demolition Man, go and watch that. I would listen to that. But we're Retro Encounter, and we're going to focus on Dragon Quest V for now. So, sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, it's fine. No, come on. <laughs> I, I welcome all the Demolition Man discussions on any <laughs> podcast. Come on. But let's see. We've talked about family, marriage, and a lot of the different plot points of this game. What, what else do we have that we want to address before we close the shop?
2: Well, right here in the notes, you have uh, music, which I'm so hit and miss on Dragon Quest music because I love it, but there's not enough of it. And we talked about this on Random Encounter when we were talking about uh, Dragon Quest 7 and 8. And like, the, the scores are amazing. Like, do not get me wrong. I love it. It's beautiful. But it feels like Sugiyama makes about 15 minutes worth of music for each one of these goddamn games, and it just <laughs> loops endlessly. And I have a really hard time remembering the Dragon Quest music as a result of that. Like, I remember it, but I don't, like, I can't associate it with anything in these games. And that that's right. maybe one... That's maybe one minor complaint about the series that I I almost wish that they just had more music. Like, do you guys know that the Resident Evil 7 soundtrack has, like, a hundred and some tracks? Wait, what? Yeah, the Resident Evil 7, is because of how many different music cues there are in the game and how they stitch it all together, and, like... It's very ambient. It's a very different type of music, and obviously that's very different than Dragon Quest. But like, Dragon Quest has these big sweeping you know pieces of music for like the overworld theme, but it seems to only be about forty-five seconds long.
0: Yeah, and so and like, all the gonna... different and all the different tracks blend together in a way that they're supposed to fit yeah, together yeah. like a you know like a classical piece written in sonata form. And if you compare that to say a, a Nobu Uematsu Final Fantasy soundtrack from around the same time. His are a lot about sort of latching on to melodies and catchy jingles that maybe have a longer right. looping time. So it's a lot easier to remember Final Fantasy music or identify fan- Final Fantasy music to a game than it, is to, than it is for Dragon Quest music, even though, you know, like, you know, town music and battle music is different from game to game. It's, it's harder to make those connections because of the way Sugiyama composes it.
2: Yeah, and there's no, like, theme for Bianca if that makes sense. Right. And I, I, think that that's, mm. I think that's one of the, I, I don't want to call it a, a negative, but I think that's one of the reasons why I don't remember dragon quest music all that, that much. Like I'll have it on in the background when like I'm doing work in the office or something like I, it's great background music, but I don't associate it with any big moment in any of these games.
0: Right. And it has to be said, I mean, a lot of the Dragon, uh, every dragon quest game has Akira Toriyama as the, uh, lead artist, and the main character... If you speak
2: ill of him, I will reach through the internet right now. The main character looks...
0: A lot A lot of the main characters look like Gohan. Like... Uh, As they all should. (laughs) They all should look like Gohan. What's the problem here? The DQ5 guy... He he looks less like Gohan than the Dragon Quest 8 main character, but he still
2: looks like Gohan. But, but like, in Dragon Quest 9, I just made Vegeta. So, and if I played it again, I would make Nappa. So, like, you know, like, like... I I know a lot of people don't like Toriyama's art. I adore it, and it's because I grew up with it. And I, I think yes, his humanoid characters can look very similar. He does not get enough credit on how like absolutely bizarre his monster design is. His monster designs awesome
0: are awesome. I love them. Like oh, they're God. amazing. Like the Draki is uh, the best. Like, like it's what, so awesome. Like his his cute monsters just look unbelievably cute. His, um, his demons and dragons look intimidating and sort of alien and, uh, and crazy, and there's just so much personality in his monster designs that they might be my favorite monster designs in RPGs full stop. I, but I mean, I'm, I'm a Dragon Quest fanboy, so made bad example maybe, but I, <laughs> I, I love Toriyama's art in general, especially regarding his monsters. And I mean, and I think I mentioned that a uh, great dragon is one of the late game monsters I like to recruit, and that's because for some reason my it's my favorite monster in the game, and it's only been in Dragon Quest V. I don't know why. It's it's the only mm-hmm. Dragon Quest game it's in except for the monsters sub series. But so, I oh. damn it, I'm probably gonna end up grinding for two hours to get one again <laughs> it
2: is it is totally fine that the main character of dragon quest 11 looks like trunks i am totally on board with this okay mm-hmm. like it, his humanoid characters do have a tendency to look interchangeable except for hairstyles and armor but like the monster design is amazing if there was a drag we need a dragon quest art book in america like I, i'm looking over at my copy of the sky for final fantasy i would like an art book of all of toriyama's monster designs in dragon quest because they're so iconic. Like his, his, like uh, his, uh, his knight, uh, like, uh, the, the knight enemies, like the suit of armors, like, those are so mm-hmm. damn great. His mummies are awesome. Like, they're just, they're really cute and they, they've, they've ha- stood the test of time. You can use them over and over again and they still look great.
0: And I, I can't wait to see what kind of new slime is going to have those dumb sl- slime smiles on their faces with every new Dragon Quest game. Like, <laughs> like it, it blew my mind when I saw the uh, the Shogum and Heart monsters in Dragon Quest IX, that it looked like slime knights that are giant size with double swords. It's like, oh man, I had no idea such a small slime change would make me so excited.
2: <laughs> Can we play Dragon Quest Nine together, Mike? Like I know we can't play online, but could we do local co-op at the very least?
0: Uh, maybe, that still, I'm not sure. Does that it, still work? Because I mean, the DS's online services are down permanently, so we wouldn't be able to use to, to, We wouldn't be able to use the download shop feature or play online. But we, I don't know, we might be able to wander around in each other's worlds. I'm not positive though.
2: That really bums me out because I really, I did not play that that game the way God intended, and I'm mm-hmm. still upset about it. I know it's it was my own fault, but like.
0: It meh. might get remade because literally every Dragon Quest game one through eight has been remade at least once.
2: Yeah extremely hoping for that i never played nine so now it's I'm very grindy it they, they need to chill with the grinding in that game the, like the if grinding and, and, the, uh, and the side
0: and the side quest design was also out of control there's um it the, the, those parts of the game haven't aged great but um but the story is nah. the story's all right and a lot of there's a lot of cool things about nine but it's uh i i will i don't like it as much as most of the games before it i like nah. the
2: swine I, I like swine dimples i, I like their take on swine, harry potter
0: swine dimples academy <laughs> is pretty good
2: that that was really really. It took me a while. I was like, oh, they just did Hogwarts. And I, re- and I really like how
0: um, that one princess's pet lizard was turned into a monster and was really trying to save her the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that it, it's a good game. I just I,
0: yeah
2: yeah. And and it was it was neat with Dragon Quest V to not have a a party system, to not have a job system. It's based around the monsters, and and I wouldn't mind a, a return to that. I think this game actually does monster rec- recruitment in a not so overbearing way that I didn't find it fun. I know so, some of our uh, staff members at RPG Fan really not into monster recruitment games. I think Dragon Quest Five actually does it very very well. I, oh, yeah. I would
0: like it a little better if um, the recruitment rates were a little higher. <laughs> yeah, I can but, see that. <laughs> but, but in gen, but in general, it's a, it's not. Um, I mean, it's inoffensive at worst and really fun and rewarding at best, especially if you, you know, get, sort of get attached to a monster character that you wouldn't get attached to otherwise. Like, I, I don't know. My opinions on Dragon Quest Brownie monsters have improved very much <laughs> over the past couple weeks playing this game.
2: It's a really good game. I really like it, and I'm. I, I believe Square Enix, like a year ago, they did a. a they like reprinted all these games because all of a sudden they went on Amazon from like being fifty and sixty bucks from uh, third party sellers. Like they were readily available again. I think and they might so, have been trying
0: to clear out DS inventory.
2: Yeah, I think you can still pick this up. Uh, four, five, and six. Six is kind of the hard one to find. It seems like oh, five. Yeah five was murderously hard to find there for a um, while because
0: yeah, four and five were published by square enix but six and nine were published by nintendo so yeah so for a while five was like the hardest one to find but then uh i guess square enix unloaded some inventory and then six became the hard one to find it's it's i don't know the exact you know logistics of it but it is true it's easier to find them now than it was a couple of years ago
2: mm-hmm. yeah my copy yeah. of six oh sorry I, I, I was going to say five is its aged remarkably well, and then I think we were going to have a similar story on six, where I had to get it, I had to buy it from like an EB Games, like uh, it, and it was just the game. So then I went out and got a cart and printed out the cover for the game, so that it looks like <laughs> I actually own it legit. That is exactly like that. what I was going to say. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a who, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. Who bought them juice. all at lunch? So I'm a again. I'm a bad example fanboy here. <laughs>
2: They've done a really good job with these DS remakes, though. I, I kind of wish that I got to experience Dragon Quest Six because I know a lot of people say that the the sprites in the Super Famicom version are gorgeous. People say it looks as good as Chrono Trigger. I I will say that the heavily pixelated 3D look in the DS games I don't really like in the environments, but like I'll deal with it. I just I wish that wasn't the case.
0: Yeah, Six is a good looking game. I uh, I think it's comparable to Seven in that it's. Maybe a little too long, but the yeah. story is pretty good, and sort of the big picture, sort of what's going on between the multiple worlds gimmick in 6 is is solid. I think it's an alright Dragon Quest game, but I don't like it as much as 5 or 8, which are, again, like my number 1A and 1B Dragon Quest games. <laughs>
2: and I think Dragon Quest games also do better when they're a little shorter. I right. think a 30-hour Dragon Quest game is... is Better for me than a seventy-hour Dragon and, Quest and game, yeah, but. and and
0: Dragon Quest Five is—it's actually shorter than I remember. Like thirty, yeah, hours, it is thirty hours. It seems about right. Um, and and again, seven, six, seven, and eight hit that uh, fifty-plus hour territory, which is a little less palatable to me as an adult that doesn't have as much time on his hands as <laughs> as a you know teenage Celosi and twenty-something Celosi. You beat Dragon Quest Seven in ten days, you sick, sick <laughs> bastard. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> it was it was more like two weeks but and, oh, and all, oh oh sorry sorry but, sorry, but also sorry. it was it was two weeks where i did very little else than go to work play dragon quest and sleep i'm, I'm not I proud of it you clearly <laughs> forgot to eat at some point like during that whole thing you know i think yeah. i did yeah oh my yeah. god <laughs> i skipped dinner at least once without realizing it but that was in the past let's talk about the future a little bit Because um, in the next couple weeks we're going to have another episode about Dragon Quest V where we close out the um, discussion on uh, saving the world and um, continuing following in your father's footsteps and about your wife and kids some more. And also we're doing a special Xenoblade Chronicles episode very soon that was a lot of fun to record um, because a lot of RPG fan people have thoughts on Xenoblade Chronicles. This is not a surprise.
2: if they don't love it, they're wrong. Like that, that's was, all I.
0: It was a very positive podcast. I'll just say. Okay, that right I, now. I
2: was gonna say because that's the good version of Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah, you <laughs> right. <heard it. laughs>
0: no, no, it's right. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's basically a game with a lot of uh, with, you know, cooldown spells and MMO style combat and giant open spaces. Except it's good.
2: I, I love the T-shirt of a clock and every hour on the clock is Rhyme's face. <laughs> so it is always Rhyme time.
0: It's Rhyme time. But <laughs> well, anyway, it will literally be Rhyme time in a week or two when we post that episode. And, uh, ne- and next month, you're listening to this in June, probably. So in July, we're going to do special episodes on The Seventh Saga, a weird Super Nintendo game that Rob Fenner and I both like. And also, the our official game of July is going to be the classic Earthbound Woo! which uh, lost a vote for uh, the game we were going to play about a year ago but enough. there was enough staff interest to bring it up again um, for Retro Encounters so we're going to be talking all about Earthbound in July over two episodes and I probably need to get started on that thing if I'm going to be on the episode but I've been busy with Persona 5 and Dragon Quest 5 just too many fives all around the, the past month or two so that's what we have in the future but if you want to email us in the present the best way to do so is retro at rpgfan.com you can also comment on the message boards visit the RPG Fan facebook page the, um, at rpgfan.com on twitter uh, review the podcast on itunes and your other various podcast listening venues however you get uh, get us via google podcasts or whatever and so gentlemen how if someone want to re- wants to reach you directly what's the best way to do so starting with keegan
1: uh, you guys can find me on the boards as uh, Fozzie Bear, and if you're in the Twitter sphere, you can find me there as Kaylee Brand. I like to post a re- lot of uh, really bad jokes and really bad opinions about video games.
0: Sure. Okay. <laughs>
2: uh, and yeah, you can find me on the boards. I'm Pale Robbie. I always have been. Uh, I don't do the Twitter or anything like that. I don't do with the That's young. True. Y- what the young people are into. Uh, But yeah, feel free to message me on there or uh, directly at my RPG fan email at robert at RPG fan.com. And I am the only Robert, even though we have like seven of them now. So like I am the official Robert.
0: There's at least four Roberts (laughs) or Bobs now and it's confusing. It's, it's, it's it's already bad enough that there's two Mike S's, but we got even more Robs. So, all right. Anyway, listeners, thanks for putting up with us for this hour. Plus talking about Dragon Quest five, be sure to tune in next week. Good night and good luck.
2: See ya. Don't speak ill
0: of Saber. (laughs) Kingdom Hearts is actually pretty good, guys. What? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody.